I'm AJ Pardo with Newman Stock Farm in Floresville, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We got another episode of Texas Ag Today ready to roll for you. So why don't you just jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, is cotton production increasing in the U.S.? USDA's latest supply and demand report actually increased U.S. cotton production, but that sure does make you question things if you're a Texas cotton grower. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. If you're a rancher in the Texas High Plains or elsewhere in the state, it's possible that you've been leaving some money on the table. I'm James Hunt, and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. Water use efficiency utilizing drip irrigation on Pima cotton in the El Paso Valley. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have this story on a first for agriculture in the far western region of the state on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan reporting from Marshall. The weather is beautiful in the area. The rain has been greatly appreciated as well as needed, and the cool weather just adds to the loveliness of fall and the hunting season is well underway. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. USDA's latest supply and demand report released last Wednesday shows an increase in the U.S. cotton crop, raising it 220,000 bales, up to 14.03 million. Of course, Texas is the largest cotton state, and our cotton crop was devastated this year. So many Texas cotton farmers may be wondering where USDA is getting this extra cotton from. Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson. Well, that was certainly the the burning question on Ag Twitter after the report came out was the disbelief of no, and this can't be right. There's no way this is going to be right. You know, what's what's the real Texas number? Blah blah blah. Which led me to just go take a look. They they put out a number for Texas for production of 3.345 million bales, and I I went and took a look just at a. And 3.34, the last time we had production that low was in 1980. It's, it's a pretty historically, it's a low number, um, even though even though they bumped it up a, a little bit, it's, 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 it's still a pretty low number. Gerald Nieper with TrueCot Commodities says the USDA estimate for Texas may still be off a bit. And USDA still may not have not completely accounted for all of the abandoned acres. You talk around and... You know, there's a couple of folks that think that 3.3 three to 3.4 is, is okay, but it seems like the preponderance of people, especially if you 
drive around and talk to anybody on the high plains because they're thinking, you know, this Texas crop ought to be just just has to be smaller than than three million bales. Both Robinson and Nieper say they are not hearing of above average harvest results for what cotton is left in West Texas and the Panhandle. Now, speaking of that part of the state, cotton harvest is moving forward there, but the weather is causing some challenges. The biggest problem is being able to harvest. (laughs) We got that good moisture, nobody complained, big old snowflakes, pretty snow, but it, it kept them out of the field for a few days, and now we've got this high humidity. And the big story right now is we need some open weather to wrap this thing up. That's Gerald Key. He runs Adobe Walls Gin in the northern panhandle. He says a good freeze would be a big help right now. Cold and dry is fine. In fact, we welcome the hard freeze. So I think over here we're okay, but you get over around Sunray, they didn't quite get as cold, and they've got some regrowth, and they are really ready for a hard freeze. In four days after this cold, every plant will be ready. In his gin, Key says they're seeing some pretty good cotton, considering the year we had. If you're a cattle producer in Texas, there is a chance that you're leaving some money on the table. James Hunt explains. D.D. Jones is a Texas A&M AgriLife Risk Management Specialist in Amarillo, and she tells me a lot of programs that could help livestock producers are underutilized. Livestock disaster programs and supplements have exploded in the last 10 years, and a lot of ranchers are not really used to taking advantage of these type of programs. And so I think that they leave a lot of money on the table. I mean, there's the Livestock Forage Program. Uh, That's one that subsidizes losses based on pasture losses due to drought or other disasters. And that's on a county-by-county basis. And the only thing that a county needs to qualify is to either have eight consecutive weeks of a D2 drought, which is kind of a mild drought, or one week of a D3 or D4 drought, which is a more severe drought. Every county in the Panhandle had that this year. And so uh, the producers need to go to the FSA. They'll submit their records, and pretty quickly they can get a payment. And so LFP, to me, is probably one of the easier programs to get some disaster payments for. There's also the Livestock Indemnity Program. That covers death losses in times of natural disasters. I do believe drought qualifies. And then finally, there's something called ELAP, and that basically covers the stuff that the other two programs don't. So taking advantage of that, uh, PRF insurance is another very big one. That's pasture range and forage insurance. Uh, There's also an annual version of that. Farmers and ranchers that took advantage of that, obviously, uh, that's rainfall insurance. We haven't had any rain, so they got very good payments from that as well. Want to know more about the programs D.D. Jones just described and get more information on other strategic considerations? AgriLife has a new publication out called Where's the Risk? A Livestock Risk Management Handbook. Find it online or by contacting AgriLife. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. One Texas cotton farmer is experimenting with drip irrigation on Pima cotton in the El Paso Valley. Tom Nicoletti has the story. My guest today is uh, cotton farmer Alex Evler. He is uh, actually joining us from Brownfield on the South Plains of Texas, but he uh, has uh, grown some Pima cotton in the El Paso Valley in far west Texas. And uh, Alex, welcome to the program. And why did you decide to utilize drip irrigation on your Pima cotton crop, which is a first in the valley? Well, primarily for preservation of the family farm, the drought has really affected agriculture down there in the lower valley and i've noticed a lot of farmland being fallow for multiple years down there and 
I saw a solution that could maybe help aid that and allow us to grow more crops with less water on year on year over year basis. Well, certainly water use efficiency would be the, the biggest positive outlook for drip. So I view it as an investment in the future to be more efficient with our resources and minimum tillage kind of goes hand in hand with all that and just trying to be better stewards of the, of the land and grow more with less. What were the results from your recent harvest and uh, how many acres did you grow? It's kind of a proof of concept. Um, what we did down there is a temporary system to kind of make sure it would work. It did three bales approximately. We're still waiting on classing. Overall, for a, for a pilot, pretty happy with the results. I think uh, it's shown that it's worth looking into and proceeding with, with permanent systems. You say three bales, and that was over how many acres? About 12. Three, three bales per acre, it, about 40, 41 bales of cotton. That is El Paso Valley Pima cotton farmer Alex Evler. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Fall has arrived in East Texas. James Duncan has an update from Marshall. In East Texas, the moisture that we have received has been greatly appreciated and it has been very beneficial. We had a few storms in some spots, but they were not really as great as they were in the springtime, so we're thankful for that. The fall-planted pastures are doing very well right now for the beef cattle. The cooler temperatures are appreciated by the hunters in the woods, kind of slows down the mosquitoes just a little bit. Now, in this East Texas area, we have many fall festivals this year, and they have been successful all the way around. And then when you think about the fall festivals, the junior livestock is a major farm activity that goes on in fall festivals. The junior livestock sales have been great. Reward has been significant for our young people that are involved in both livestock and shop projects that are presented at these festivals every year. So all in all, we've had a good fall so far, and the deer season is now underway. Youth activities on the weekends has been successful. Everything just looks like it's going to be good for the holiday season that we are fast approaching, and many, many hunters from the big cities will be coming to our East Texas country to enjoy some of the holidays. This is James Duncan reporting from East Texas for Texas Ag Today. There are a few simple things that waterfowl hunters can do to help prevent the spread of invasive species in Texas. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll explain coming up on Texas Ag Today. And another use has been found for colostrum in young calves. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Another use has been found for colostrum in young calves. 
Dr. Bob Judd explains. Colostrum, or first milk, is an amazing biological compound that is produced by the cow at the time of calving. We all know that colostrum must be ingested by the calf within 24 hours for the calf to receive the antibodies required to provide immunity. However, a recent research paper indicates they have found evidence that supports the use of colostrum as an early prevention or treatment of scours or diarrhea in young calves. The researchers indicate this finding is not surprising considering human colostrum has been used to treat diarrhea in humans for centuries. Scours is a major problem when raising pre-weaned calves as scours causes 56% of the illness and of the calves that die, 32% are from scours. The highest incidence of death is in the second week of life and a single case of scours costs the calf raiser at least $50. And even if a calf survives the scours, the disease can have an effect on them for the rest of their lives as cows that have a history of scours when a calf gain less weight per day, give less milk, and require a longer period to get pregnant compared to cows that did not have scours as a calf. Many cases of scours are treated with antibiotics and yet it is common for viruses and protozoa to be the cause and antibiotics are not helpful. Feeding colostrum, even after the calf is 24 hours old, can help protect calves against scours and can reduce the incidence. Adding dried colostrum to milk replacer has even shown to reduce antibiotic treatment by 50% in cases of bacterial infections in the intestine, respiratory tract, and umbilicus. Colostrum contains numerous vitamins and minerals, is high in fat, and may help treat scours rather than just prevent it. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There are a few things that Texas waterfowl hunters can do to prevent the spread of invasive species. Jessica Domel has the story in today's Wildlife Report. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is urging boaters and waterfowl hunters to help prevent the spread of invasive aquatic species in Texas. Hunters and boaters are urged to clean, drain, and dry their boats and equipment, including decoys and other hunting and fishing gear, before moving to another body of water. They say this is important because aquatic invasive plants, like giant salvinia, can become entangled or trapped on boats, boat trailers, and hunting and fishing gear, and may be unintentionally transported from an infested lake to another body of water. And in the case of giant salvinia, even a small fragment of the plant can cause an infestation on a new lake. Giant salvinia can double in size and acreage in less than a week. It creates thick mats on a lake that block recreational access for boaters and anglers and can also be a serious problem for waterfowl hunters. According to the department, the thick mats can block off hunters' boat access to good hunting areas. The plants can also outgrow and replace native plants in a lake, plants that are needed by waterfowl for both food and habitat. Invasive zebra mussels and quagga mussels are also a problem in Texas. They harm aquatic wildlife, litter shorelines with sharp shells, can damage boats, clog water intakes, and cause costly damage to water supply and control infrastructure. To prevent the spread of these species, the department asks hunters to thoroughly clean, drain, and dry their boats and equipment before leaving a water body. Take a few extra moments to remove plants and debris, drain water from the boat and all receptacles, then allow everything to dry thoroughly before going to another lake. A video on how to do this is available on the TPWD YouTube channel. 
The department notes that transporting invasive species is illegal in Texas and punishable by a fine of up to $500 per violation. If you see giant salvinia or another invasive aquatic species on a Texas lake, you can report that to Aquatic Invasives at tpwd.texas.gov. That is Aquatic Invasives at tpwd.texas.gov. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It's time for a look at the markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at all of Friday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Live cattle traded lower for much of the day on Friday. Analysts say that packers hadn't shown any interest in the cash market and that demand has been hit or miss. December live cattle down $1.55 to $151.52. February live cattle down $1.77 to $153.25. April live cattle down $1.45 to $157.05. Feeder cattle traded lower for much of the day Friday due to a rally in corn. November feeder cattle down a dollar sixty-seven to one seventy-six ninety-five. January feeder cattle down three dollars and twelve cents to one seventy-eight fifty-seven. March feeder cattle down two dollars and sixty-five cents to one eighty-one fifteen. Box beef was lower Friday. Choice down three dollars and seventy-two cents to two fifty-nine fifty-five. Select down a dollar sixty-four to two thirty-five nineteen. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're Walking the Pens with Larry Marble. Neighbor, I'm Larry Marble. You're listening to Walking the Pens here on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Hank Herman called us this week and gave us the results of the Caldwell Livestock Auction that was conducted there on Wednesday. Hank, walk the pens with us. I had a good sale today, had 834 head on hand, had 106 sellers and 45 buyers. Had a higher calf market, lightweight calves, sure higher, maybe $10 to $15 in a couple of spots. Really saw them going after those lightweight heifers. As compared to last week, steers still selling pretty strong. The two to three weight steers here selling from a dollar seventy to two fifteen. Three to four weight steers dollar seventy five at two twenty. Four to five weight steers dollar seventy to two oh seven. Five to six weight steers dollar fifty to a dollar ninety. And the six to seven weight steers selling for anywhere from a dollar thirty five to a dollar seventy two and a half. On the heifers, the two to three weight heifers dollar fifty to two twelve. Three to four weight heifers dollar sixty to two oh seven and a half. Four to five weight heifers dollar fifty six to dollar. 87 and a half, five to six weight heifers, 
dollar forty-five to two ten. Six seven weight heifers selling from a dollar thirty-five to a dollar sixty. Cow market was about the same. Sold cows anywhere from thirty to eighty cents. Bulls about the same as well. Anywhere from seventy to ninety cents. Had some good replacement type cows came in yesterday morning. Younger bred Brayford cows. A lot of those cows bring from ten fifty to thirteen seventy-five. Sounds like you had a good sale. What was the count? Eight hundred and thirty-four. What do you anticipate for this next Wednesday? I look forward to be about the steady. News is going to get out that the calf markets look pretty good, especially on some of these lightweight calves. So I've seen a lot of these guys maybe try to bring them on into town before it gets too cold. Tell everybody how to contact y'all. You can call us here at the barn, 979-567-4119, or give me a call on my cell, 979-820-5277. Neighbor, that's our livestock auction market report for today. We'll see you next time right here as we walk the pens. I'm Larry Marble for Texas Ag Today. December lean hogs down 52 cents to 84.35. February lean hogs down 42 cents to 88.40. November class 3 milk fell a penny to 20.95 a hundredweight. December class 3 milk was up 3 cents to 21.56 a hundredweight. We saw triple digit gains in the cotton market on Friday on a weaker U.S. dollar and news that China is planning to ease some of their COVID restrictions. December cotton up 161 points to 87.99. March cotton up 153 points to 86.09. The grain markets were higher on Friday on that weaker dollar. December corn was up four and three quarters to 6.58. March corn up three and a half to 6.63. September corn up two and three quarters to 6.22 even. December hard red wheat was up 18 and a quarter to 9.43 and a half. March hard red wheat up 17 and a half to 9.39. July hard red wheat up 17 and a quarter to 9.28 and a half. December natural gas fell 35 cents Friday to 5.88. January natural gas fell 33 cents to 6.27. Crude oil rose Friday after news that China plans to ease some of its COVID restrictions, which could lead to an increase in demand. December crude oil up $2.53 to 89 even. January crude oil up $2.55 to 88.21 a barrel. The Dow was up 63 points Friday to 33,778. The S&P 500 was up 43 points to 3,999. And the NASDAQ was up 236 points to 11,350. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. We hope you join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.